Good morning. Uh, John Chase is filling in today. He is the Director of Investigations for the Better Government Association. David Greising is off this week as we head into the holiday. But, John, welcome. Great to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, we're going to get into uh, some of the uh, BGA investigatory side. It's a really important part of what the Better Government Association does. And, John, maybe we could just actually start with that, just kind of walking us through some of the sorts of investigations that your unit works on. Uh, we're we're going to delve into this fascinating story of the former Chicago Police Commissioner a little bit later in the segment. But just kind of uh, give us a sense of uh, what to, what is the investigations unit for the BGA? Yeah, so we're uh, the journalism arm of the BGA. Uh, we're actually the biggest arm. Uh, there's a, we got uh, more than a half dozen of us, uh, and we look into accountability uh, and transparency issues as it relates to governments uh, in Illinois. So it's Illinois state government, it's smaller governments, city of Chicago, Cook County, Sagamon County, wherever there might be government-related issues, um, and it's it's investigative work. Sometimes our stories take six months, a year to report before we do um, before we produce anything. Um, and we partner with other news organizations all across the state uh, who cross-publish uh, our work. One of our uh, first topics today is on the pandemic. And I'll admit, I'm a little curious because we know that reporters all over the state have run into real roadblocks and problems these last few months as they have tried to pry records loose. Uh, the uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, requires uh, governments to, uh, to to turn over information in a very short period of time. And a lot of governments around Illinois have said, we just can't do it right now. Everybody's at home. We don't have access to the records. And they've been using every excuse under the sun uh, to to really delay compliance with those open records laws. How has it affected your work? Yeah, we run into that uh, just as much as all the other reporters across the state. Um, and some government bodies are better than others. But yeah, they're all like within in March and April uh, when we were, you know, just doing our jobs remotely from home, uh, but sending in our Freedom of Information Act requests for public documents. Uh, we were hit uh, over and over again by government bodies saying that, yes, sorry, we can't do that right now. And we fought back and sent letters from our lawyers um, to them saying, you know, we understand it's, you know, there's the coronavirus going on and, you know, there are time limits and maybe we can work on some of that. But you can't just say, hey, we can't do that right now. This is a core um, aspect of uh, transparent government. Um, And you can't just say, oh, during an emergency, we just oh, we're too busy doing with other stuff. That's not really a legitimate answer. And they have, for the most part, um, agreed uh, uh, grudgingly. Um, and they, they get us the documents that we ask for. So we haven't had a sue over this issue. But there has been, you know, there were efforts in Springfield to try to peel back the freedom of information laws just during the recession a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, that was something that the Better Government Association policy side um, specifically advocated against and thankfully uh from my perspective and our perspective and as those who support transparent government uh thankfully that was not successful and it didn't didn't pass the legislature so uh reporters all across the state are dealing with this um it really does depend on the government uh i think governor pritzker's administration has actually not been too bad um at least from my perspective um lori lightfoot up in chicago's administration has been has been bad <laughs> from time to time um but is getting better so it really does depend on the on, on which government you're asking for those 
uh, public documents. And we're going to come back to some of that, especially as it pertains to Chicago and a really interesting story just over the last couple of days. But let's stick with the, some of the pandemic discussion, because as you've noted, uh, it has really uh, strained uh, our understanding of what government is allowed to do and should be able to do in the time of a public health emergency. And a lot of that is playing out in court right now. We had, we've had some uh, key hearings this week and more legal action is on the way. Uh, and John, I don't know how closely you've been following all of this, but it has been really uh, fascinating uh, to, to watch some of this. A state lawmaker suing the governor over these restrictions. They tried to get the case moved to federal court. The governor did uh, and uh, lost that round. So now it's going back to uh, an anti-Pritzker judge down in southern Illinois. Uh, and, and this has, uh, you know, the, the potential to, to be pretty interesting in terms of uh, what the courts are going to say about the governor's ability to impose these sorts of restrictions. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, uh, as I'm sure your listeners probably know, Representative Bailey um, uh, has was the one who made this lawsuit um, in those first few weeks, after, about a month after uh, Governor Pritzker uh, had the stay-at-home order, and he was challenging that stay-at-home order and won that first round, but it was only specific to literally just him. Um, and so that was uh, that was sort of an interesting side note. Um, and then, as you noted, it was uh, the Attorney General and, and Governor Pritzker's office wanted to get it moved to um, to federal court, and that didn't uh, wasn't successful. So now it's headed back to Clay County. They're having a hearing, I believe, tomorrow. You're right. Yeah. Um, on this on this case, so uh, it is it is very interesting. Um, essentially, uh, you know, Representative Bailey says that Governor Pritzker has you know over over uh, stayed over. Uh, uh, Overreached in his powers um, as governor, um, you know, that he was allowed for a month. But then after that month, uh, he wasn't just sort of automatically allowed to do this sort of thing um, and keep the stay at home in order uh, order in place. So, um, you know, we I don't know how it's going to end. I don't think any of us do. Um, but as you noted, uh, Clay County, uh, the judge down there has uh, shown himself to be uh, against sort of anti-Pritzker. Um, and so, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but it really does deal with this emergency, emergency powers and constitutional rights issues. Um, and that will be uh, fascinating to watch. Yeah, the governor's fared pretty well, largely in federal court uh, rulings that say he does have the power to impose some of these restrictions. The Republican Party has sued on a First Amendment claim that uh, the crowd size limits are going to prevent them from having party gatherings, which they say restrict their freedom of speech and freedom to assemble. Uh, it seemed as though the judge in that case, based on some of her questioning to lawyers, uh, wasn't really buying that argument, but there's been no ruling yet on that. And as we noted, there's going to be more legal action as early as today on some of the back-to-school restrictions. So this is going to be more we're all going to be watching really, really closely. John Chase is with us. He's Director of Investigations with the Better Government Association. We're going to take a break here on Full Disclosure. When we come back, we're going to talk about a case out of Chicago. But this is one that I personally find really interesting about the former Chicago police superintendent and ultimately the incident that led to his early ouster as superintendent. So we'll talk 
talk about that with John Chase here in just a moment from the BGA as full disclosure continues on the WMAY morning news feed. David Grison's usually here each Wednesday morning. He is off today, so John Chase is stepping in, director of investigations for the BGA. As John noted, uh, the BGA's investigations unit uh, can sometimes have to work for months on end to pry loose the information to expose some of what government's doing. Uh, this one's been dragging on for a while now, and a little bit more information came out this week. There's still more to be unearthed, and it has to do with the former Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson and the incident that ultimately led to his uh, early exit from that job. Uh, John, set the stage for us. Take us back to the beginning of this, uh, what happened and what you've been trying to uh, pry loose from the city of Chicago. Sure. Yeah. So this is a fascinating uh, case, and it was the beginning of the end for Eddie Johnson as superintendent uh, in Chicago. Uh, back in October of 2019, um, he was found uh, asleep behind the par- his parked city vehicle um, a few blocks from his house down uh, on the south side of Chicago. Um, and police were called, um, and they showed up, and they saw him uh, behind the wheel, and he said, I'm fine. Um, and then he he drove off and drove home, and but then the next morning, he came out and said, hey, "This incident happened. I'm going to uh, launch an investigation, essentially on myself through the inspector general or through the um, uh, through the internal police um, and uh, a police and internal investigation." And then what happened was uh, the story started to get uh, more details started to come out. We learned that he had had a few uh, drinks uh, that night. Um, then more details. Details came out where he was having drinks uh, with uh, what the mayor uh, described as a woman who was not his wife, and then it was somebody who was a member of the security detail. And eventually, it evolved into a situation where Mayor Lightfoot uh, said Eddie Johnson had lied to him about uh, lied to her about this incident and fired him as superintendent. Um, and so. What what we we you know the newspapers and the radio stations and TV stations were covering that and at the BGA we're not really looking to compete with those stories um, because they're already being covered. Um, but one thing that we do fight for, as, as we've talked about, is transparency in government documents. So we did file a Freedom of Information Act request for the body cam. All these police officers have body cams, so if they showed up and they saw Eddie Johnson behind the wheel, we could actually see without people's characterizations of what happened, we could actually see what happened. And in the Chicago city of Chicago was not releasing those. So we filed those uh, requests. They said no. They said there was this internal investigation going on, and they weren't going to release anything until the internal investigation was, uh, was done. We sued, um, and that was in November of last year. And from November until this week, um, the city had steadfastly refused to release anything. Um, then on Monday, um, the city, out of nowhere, uh, said, hey, the uh, inspector general's uh, investigation is done, um, and here are some of the documents that you requested. And so they released one body cam video. They released audio of 911 calls of people calling the police and saying, hey, there's this car parked, you know, at a, st- at a stop sign, Y'all, and, then, and then some documents. Um, and so for us, like, we released all that because what we what we released it to the public, um, you know, through our channels um, to show people what we were suing over. Uh, it was to try to get to the truth of what happened there. And as you noted, we still don't have everything. Um, there's still other documents that 
haven't been um, uh, released, and the Inspector General's report itself, um, which got to some, which was going to investigate some of these real issues that led to his ouster, um, has not been released. And the city is still holding off releasing that, and we don't know what's going to happen with that with that report. Well, I know you're going to keep Adam. You can see some of this video, hear some of this audio at the Better Government Association website. Uh, you know, and it is again remarkable that the notion that these governments think that they can just put a lid on this sort of thing indefinitely, when in fact this really cuts to the heart of policing and whether people are treated equitably, whether special favors are done for some powerful people. Uh, this is exactly the sort of thing the public needs to know and exactly the sort of thing the BGA is working to uncover every single day. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the big reasons we're, that we're here is to fight for the transparency in government, whatever it shows. Like, we didn't know what was on that video. Um, you know, what showed was an officer coming up and saying, are you okay? And then Johnson basically showing his ID, and then the police officer seemingly realizing, oh, that's a, that's my boss, that's the superintendent of police, and saying, okay, uh, do you want to just go home and... and Eddie Johnson said yes, and that was essentially it. But until we know more, like there's still more to, to more to be known, and until the public knows more, this was a major incident that led to the ouster of the of the police and the right to know what really happened there. Yeah, go check it out at the Better Government Association website. You'll also find uh, David Greising, who's our regular guest here on Wednesday mornings, his column about the idea of a Piatone airport. That's all there as well at bettergov.org. John Chase, thanks so much for filling in this week. Happy 4th of July to you. We're back next Wednesday morning with another edition of Full Disclosure here on the WMAY Morning News Feed.